What up, everybody? I want to welcome you all back to the Socks and Sandals podcast, where society, culture, history, and religion collide, and we unapologetically discuss our worldviews. This is Emmanuel. I'm back in the kitchen. I'm whipping it up, and today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash SXSNDLS. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. All right, y'all. So I got a very special guest with me today, man. Coming from Los Angeles, California at the time. Brother Rasheen Taha. Say what's up to the people, bro. What's good, man? Thank you for having me. I'm glad we ever worked through all, all this technology stuff and, and, and get it ready. See, man, I'm a, I'm a man of faith, you know what I'm saying? So I believe that the devil was at work. Cause he didn't want this greatness to come through right now, you know what I mean? But we gon' we gonna make it happen though. Nah, nah, this this is God's plan, man, for sure, man. So, uh, really quick, Rob, bro, just tell the people who you are, where you're from, and what you're about, bro. So, my name is Rasheen Taha. Uh, I'm from New York, Harley home, but always repping right now. Hey. Uh, grew up in Harlem, grew up in the Bronx, so, so all uptown. Uh, and then I moved to Cali when I was 18. Went to Stanford for undergrad. Had an amazing, amazing experience. Matter of fact, it's really, oh, oh, matter of fact, it's a reunion <laughs> right now. So shouts to shouts to everybody out there right now chilling in Palo Alto. Word. Um, and then I moved to LA after undergrad, uh, mm-hmm. and I fell in love with it down here. Fell, fell in love with LA. LA's a LA's a very, very special place, and. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just came down here and fell in love with a few palm trees, and still love home. You know, I flirt. With, I've had a few times flirting moving back home, but somehow the palm trees have kept me out here. So, uh, been living out here in LA the past few years, man. Word, that's what's up, bro. So I was gonna talk about, man. We have a few uh, mutual friends. You know what I mean? Because you went to Stanford, okay. and I was, you know, I was IG stalking as I always do for uh, for interviews and whatnot, and so. Uh, you really tight with the Sabomahine family, right? Yo, man, you know the Sabos? Bro, they they from Portland. Yeah, I know them, bro. Everybody, you know, Portland, all black people know each other. Is there's no <laughs> unknown people? So yeah, bro. Like, um, let's see, Dele is like, man, Dele is like two or three years older than me. Tunde is maybe four or five years older than me. Uh, me and Nee are the same age. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So yeah, I, I know all of them, bro. Yeah. No lie, is one of the biggest reasons why I even went to Stanford in the first place. Wow. Like, went there for admin weekend, and he just went on the recruiting trail, and he was like, you gotta, you gotta come here. And, uh, Dele, I mean, that's, that's one of my best friends in the world, so Tunde's big bro, Dele's one of my best friends in the world. Yeah. Me and Ren, those are little brothers, man. I remember when they was up at campus, running around stealing bikes, <laughs> uh, when they were... Hold on, don't, don't, don't dry snitch on them. Obviously, as you know, solid family, man. Dapo, he's he's just legendary in Portland, bro. Like, Dapo is just one of them dudes that's... Legendary. Yeah. Like, hands down, everybody know Dapo. No one ever has anything bad to say. I've never heard anyone say any anything bad to say about him because he's just a solid dude. Like you said, heart of gold. He cares for the people. He's all about the village. So, yeah, man. Amazing family, for sure. Truly a collective mentality, a we mentality, and people of faith so yeah my people. yeah man yeah bro so um also we got a shout out to the plug tevin tavares you know he he came on the show a couple weeks ago you know what i mean and and you guys are friends so tell me about y'all's relationship and how y'all know each other so i 
Nike and working in marketing at Nike uh, on the global brand team for the Olympics. And part of that responsibility was working with the Jordan brand and helping them and working with them to build out the overall global campaign for them for the Olympics. And Tevin was an intern. So I don't know who told me, and I used to like take a lot of meetings and anybody who wanted to link up, but when I was an intern, one of the things about Nike, which is great, is that it's kind of an open door policy. So I rapped with a lot of people mm-hmm. um, when I was an intern. So by the time I had a full-time job, they always wanted to make sure, you know, I paid for it and returned that. So I forgot who it was, but somebody was like, yo, there's this young buck named Tevin. Like, he got energy. He he he, he got something special about him. You, you need to link up with him. Word. And I remember we sat there and linked up, and it's crazy. It was it was weird. I think he was, I might have been, I was in my, what, 34 maybe at the time. I think he was probably, what, 19, 20, mm-hmm. uh, maybe 21. And I was like, yo, like, I remember I remember this guy. I've seen this guy before. Because yeah. um, his energy, we just had a, a similar energy between the two of us. And uh, and and literally just been able to build a friendship um, over the past few years and seeing how he's developed, seeing how he's been able to chart his path, seeing his ups, his downs, um, and been able to give advice, he's been able to give advice to me, so that's my dude, um, and, you know, really excited about where he's at creatively, he has a lot of really good projects coming out, um, he's gonna be somebody that, he's gonna be a force to reckon with, cause he's not gonna stop, um, so, and he has the talent, and he has the bandwidth, and more importantly, he has that, he has that mentality that you're not gonna tell him he's not gonna be great, so, Yeah, man, like, I've probably known him for all of about four or five months, you know what I mean? And, like, from the first time we met, it was just everything that you said, you know what I mean? And and then after I sat down and we did the episode, like, we talked, but, like, we never talked that deep. And so when I got his whole story and his whole background, I'm like, yo, like, he inspired me to a level that I haven't been inspired since I've started this journey of doing a podcast because... Just knowing that he's been killing it for years, you know, but he's really gone out on his own for the past two years, but only has had two paid gigs, but he's putting out quality material, like world-class material. So I'm just like, all right, everything ain't going to come exactly how it's supposed to go or how you think it's going to come just because you're putting out the best material. But if you keep going, it's going to come. And I know for him, like you said, sky's the limit, bro. Like he's, it's just a matter of time before he gets to where he's supposed to get. And it's it's gonna be amazing, bro. So I'm I'm glad I could witness it. Yeah, anybody who listens to this, I'm letting y'all know, Tevin Tavares. So <laughs> when you see that, go to that man's site, and uh, yeah, you're gonna be paying attention to him for a minute. Word, word. So like, man, let's let's get into it, bro. This is the Young Black Entrepreneur Series. You know what I mean? Um, and you have just launched a company, Seven X Man. So tell everybody what that's about, and uh, yeah, just tell us more about it. Um, 
and I'll put that in the show notes for you, Ann, and I'll put it in the comments. What's up, man? So when did you start that? The, where, where did the idea come from, or when did we actually launch? Um, when did you launch? So officially, officially launched uh, kind of the dual office in July. So July twentieth was when we came out and launched the Welcome to Seven xcom media platform. At that point, kind of uh, had the the full office of having the experience of having the media working together um, we had done some ski trips again and some different experiences in the past so that kind of uh, was the beginning of it but I would call that beta I would call that full launch but July mm. 20th this year was the full launch were were so tell me about the ski trip like you you had the idea it was three how did it go from three people you know going away to 50 people like how did that explode like that Yeah. And literally, I just started thinking about some people that I had been interacting with, the people who kind of came to mind. I was like, you know, you send an invite out, you send an invite out, and I'll let a few people, and don't worry, like, I'll handle log- the logistics about it, but just whoever comes to mind right now, whoever you think should be a part of this, just reach out. And mm. again, it happened really quickly. I mean, it was probably a matter of from having the idea to kind of closing it and people coming out there was probably about three and a half weeks, four weeks max. Mm. Uh, and it was super organic to start. Um, and I don't know, just people people kind of felt the need that I was like, all right, you know, I, I kind of want to be able to come together and build. I think also what played into it is that prior to going to business school, so I went to business school in 2014, went to Northwestern and got my MBA. Uh, I used to throw the I used to throw parties in LA. I used to run one of the biggest nightclub uh, promotion companies in LA. So people also I think knew that. You know, if I'm like come out and pull up, that they're gonna have a good time. So I think mm. I fortunately had a had a had a few reps and built a little bit of a rep to say like, yo, if it's gonna be lit, it's gonna be lit. Right. And um, I hadn't done something in a while too. And I think people are like, all right, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna come see what's up, machine. Let's 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 go out here and test it. And you know, I think people end up having a good time, and that kind of was the beginning of this whole thing. Okay, so this wasn't no just like it just happened randomly. You've been putting in work for years. You got a reputation of having your parties all the way lit. So that's okay. So let's, let's kind of go back. Cause we've, we've kind of gone to like present day. So let's go back, man. Stanford, uh, great institution of higher learning, obviously Kellogg, you know what I mean? Man, School of management. Tell us, tell me about how those institutions help shape you into the person that you are today. Like some schools, you have the administration who have a stronghold, and they tell you, this is how, what you're going to be, and this is how you're going to get down. And Stanford, is it really feels like the complete opposite. Students are able to build their own curriculums and create their own majors. One of my best friends, Kiazi, taught a Congolese drumming class. He's a world-class Congolese drummer, and he taught a class, and I was in his class. I had another friend, Eleanor, and she's from South Africa. She taught an Afrikaans class, and wow. I was in her class. That's a rare kind of space that you're having the students kind of do the leading and the teaching in, in that space. And of course, it's not all your classes, but the fact that's even an option kind of starts to let you know that uh, anything is kind of possible. And I, mm. I don't know what is in the air over there, but there is a spirit of anything is kind of possible. And for me, uh, at that time, I kind of took it and wanted to run with it. So it kind of made me feel comfortable enough to say, yeah, I'm a Stanford grad. What I really want to do is throw, have, you know, have the biggest nightclubs in America and be 
Sanford degree, so it can't go that bad. <laughs> right. It doesn't work. I can go get a job, but but maybe it'll open some doors. Maybe people will look at it differently. But I always feel like the place kind of gave me the permission to go and pursue whatever I wanted to, because so many people in that institution have done the same thing. I saw people doing it when they were there. I felt that you know at that point, why not me? Uh, so I think that's what Stanford did. I think that was formative for my overall experience. Yeah. Kellogg and going to business school, I think that made me truly global. Like I, I really, you know, if you look at my Instagram, you know, during that time, like I was I was frolicking around the globe. Uh, you know, we have this program called Quest over there, and before you start school, they break almost everybody signs up. All the first years sign up, and you go to all these places around the, around the world. They literally set all these trips up, and they take you in groups of twenty. And before you even start school, you're at a week, uh, you're, you're in another country for a week having some crazy experience. So I went to mm-hmm. Saint Tropez, uh, South of France, went to Nice, went to Cannes, went to Monaco, and that's how I started business school. So that was like, all right, like this, this global thing is a yeah, real thing. Dope. And I studied abroad, and I think it was this opportunity to really feel like that I can be this global citizen, I can be a global business leader. Uh, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm from New York, and I've had my experiences, but I can I can rock on any Martin Luther in the world. And I think that's kind of what Kellogg gave to me. More than formal training, more than taking finance classes and, and, and econ, and I did all of those things, I think it really kind of made me realize that the global opportunity is there, and I need to be thinking about the world globally, and that's kind of what I walked away with uh, from that experience. That's what's up, man. So, so you got the you got the the Stanford experience was basically kind of empowered you to know that the world is yours. And then you go to Kellogg and literally get that world experience. Like, yo, the world really is mine. Cause I've been here. I've been there. I've been all these places and I know what I can do. So now you come back home and you still have a job right now. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you, you still have a job, but, sure. but, you got that. You had that itch to do your own thing because you know that you can do it. So my question after saying all that is like, did you choose entrepreneurship or did entrepreneurship choose you? Uh, I will answer the question. I won't even speak to the job part because I think it plays into it. I, entrepreneurship chose me. Mm-hmm. I have always been entrepreneurial and I think it's because I'm fundamentally defiant. Mm-hmm. I've always fundamentally defiant and always wanted to build and I'm from New York all of uptown stuff like the hustle word like, I know we don't use that word anymore but I, I you know also paid in full you know so I love the hustle <laughs> word uh, I do love you know I, I, I love it so for me I think it really did choose me and I think even in you know my job like even in the experience now that truly is entrepreneurial to speak on that like I run marketing over at uh, 3 Black Dot which is a transmedia company focused on game culture and work with some of the biggest gaming influencers in the world we put out games uh and that was started by one of my close friends from who went to columbia while i was an undergrad and he is an entrepreneur and while i was running the promotion company he had another company as well a sound production uh, or a production studio and we were trying to figure out multiple ways to be able to work together and i always respected his entrepreneurial grinds and acumen and what he's built we, he always had that as well and he built a company up to four, you know, for four to five years, had an opportunity to be bought out, and kind of came, came together. Like really, what mm-hmm. it was is like we have the opportunity to build something special. Um, I know you have 7X that you have going on, and he was one of the big people helping me think through 7X um, as I was thinking about the concept. And it was like, hey, there's this opportunity that I have going on. And it's a rare opportunity where a bruh gets paid a huge bag and has a bag to give out. Word. That's not that's not a normal kind of space, and it's like let's go build something uh, and take it from where you know where we were, where I was at, and take it to new levels. So our team has grown from twenty two to sixty five people. Uh, when you come over there, it is so diverse. It's not something you're seeing in the gaming industry uh, at all. You're not seeing gaming companies uh, ran by black men. Mm. And so I came on to run marketing. You had you know, the homie Ray, who was a COO. He came on, who's a former. Beast working in finance, and he was able to come on. And you know, even within that, that's entrepreneurial as well. Yeah. So, right now, for me, it's like everything that I do all day is entrepreneurial, and every space that I'm in is that. So, for me, everything feels very much aligned with my purpose. And when that's why I answer your question, like, I think it, you know, you know, it 
themselves to, and it's fortunate to have the opportunity, but to align myself with consistent entrepreneurial things. That's what's up, bro. So what are, like, I know you just started this, this summer, but as you were leading up to the launch and, you know, putting a website together and just all of that good stuff, like, were there any obstacles you know, that you had to overcome oh or is there, is there anything that you, that you, where you got knocked down and it's like, yo, this really could have took me out. You know what I mean? Like what, what did you have to bounce back from? Um, lots of things. So, you know, in seven X, uh, my business partner, we actually met at Nike mm-hmm. and, uh, we met at Nike, we were interns at Nike together and, Start, you know, interns at Nike together. When we both got the job, we both moved out to Portland and lived together. Came down to LA, we're still living together uh, for a year. And um, so, constantly thinking about this. I think the, the we were constantly thinking about this, constantly trying to figure out how to balance, you know, you know what we had to do and what we want to build. And I think that's a consistent thing that you're always dealing with. Um, you know, I'm a marketer. He's a strategist. Mm. We're not media guys. Yeah. We're business people. Mm-hmm. We're not web guys. So figuring out how to get the site and get that whole thing up uh, was just sheer will. And even at a certain point, it's funny, you know, I we were going to launch in April and I saw where we were at. No, we had a good version. And then I saw what it could have been and completely scrapped everything. Mm. And I was like, it's not right. It's not ready. Like, I, I know how should present this and that was hours hours of work hours of content that was built up for that and we wanted to make a better product uh, we wanted to introduce this to the world in the way that we thought that represented it mm-hmm. and understanding that with that there's two people there's definitely people who've been able to help us uh get to this point but from working through the site you know there's no we're not coders we're not we're not tech people uh fundamentally not writers so having to wear different hats uh, and get through that and get through the days where you're saying, you know, you're questioning yourself consistently because that's a real part of entrepreneurship. Like every day you wake up and you're on this roller coaster and you feel like, all right, is this the best version I'm going to put out to the world and then should I not? And you're going through that all the time and you're being maniacal. Um, so part of that is like the voice in your head. Um, on top of like you have limited resources, there's also the voice in your head that you have to fight on a daily basis, and I fight that on a daily basis. Bro, tell tell the people um, how tough, tough the, how tough it is to overcome yourself. Like how tell I don't know. It's hard for me to put it into words. You know what I mean? There is there is no. I don't think there is anything greater than overcoming yourself. Mm. Uh, that is real. I think it is the hardest. 
hardest thing because that voice will thank you for an entrepreneur especially it'll let you know you can take over the world and then 30 minutes later it will make you question everything that you've put out and make you ask yourself on a daily basis like am i actually capable am i worthy of doing the things that i think i can do because to be real you have to be a little delusional you have to be a little delusional to think that you can achieve the level of greatness that you're saying you want to get so that's one voice talking to you the mm-hmm. other voice is telling you nah be fall back you, you, there's somebody <laughs> else who could do this this ain't you you're tired and you have to listen to that voice too and i think you have to manage that and i'm gonna tell you for me there's no voice that's stronger uh than that voice so it is a daily struggle to manage it and for me how i manage it is you know you're either extrovert or introvert you know let's say you use those binary i don't know if you're it's as binary as that but you know mm-hmm. a lot of times you get put into the extrovert or introvert box i'm an extrovert so when i have those moments i go and call immediately the people who know me and have seen me start something mm-hmm. from nothing mm-hmm. turn it into something and then i go to them and ask me what were the moments along the journey or there's people who know me now who didn't know that part but they believe in me and I ask them for their opinions because I trust them and I think they're going to get me focused so I, when I'm having those moments I got to get outside of myself I go to my closest in my circle to bring me out and be like alright cool stabilize keep getting after so that voice is going to come up you have to learn how to deal with it and for me I kind of go to my base of people who I trust the most and I think they're going to be the most honest with me and work through it because I don't think that I'm the type of person that on my own I'm able to kind of process it so you just gotta know yourself yeah no I feel you bro like I I've, I've done the same thing like I've had some times where it's just like especially like after a bad like I had a, I hadn't had a bad episode in a long time cause I was on a really good streak and it was one episode where I just didn't prepare I didn't really prep the person before we talked so I didn't really know like he requested to be on the show and he had some talking points that was way different than what he told me before we got on bro and it was it was bad and like the next day i called my partner i was like bro i don't think i'm cut out for this bro like i just had my worst episode like bro what am i doing like i'm you know 80 episodes in and i just had like a terrible you know i was just doubting everything he's like bro what are you talking about man like one episode bro but but like as an entrepreneur like like as I'm sure, like the the emotional swings are so crazy, man, on a day to day basis. But uh, yeah, 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 man. But yeah, we, I'm already again, I, and I'm already erratic as a human being anyway. So where, I'm, a, I'm a Gemini in all the truest senses of the word. So you know, you you, well, you have to get to a point where you understand who you are, and then you build around it. Yeah, and one thing that I started doing. Word, man. One thing that I started doing, um, because I was talking to another friend of mine and he was he was like telling me stuff or just like reminding me of stuff that I've done, like going back to like high school, like post high school. And I'm just like, yo, I did do that, didn't I? You know what I mean? So like now I just write down everything that I've accomplished because it's easy for us as entrepreneurs. Like once we get in our box and we get in our own little bubble and just get in our own head and just like focus on everything right in the moment but forget about all the small victories you know what i mean and uh so i just i just start writing it down so i can read it and remind myself like yo I actually did that like this is one bad little move out of 95 amazing moves you know what i mean so yeah man and i think listen man i i have i haven't done that um i haven't done that and, I, and i'm about to learn from you and i think that i need to do I think it is so easy. To be real, I'm not a, I'm not a journey person. I'm a destination person, and I'm yeah. trying to become a journey person. I'm trying to become a person who can look back and have that type of perspective. So I think what you said is so real. And since I'm on the phone, I'm actually going to show you. I'm going to show you something. So recently, I just like found, I found this. Um, I was cleaning through. I was cleaning up the office in the crib and. You know you have that drawer where you just have things you keep from 1982 till today. <laughs> word. Um, yeah. I found one of those little. I found one of those joints, and what I found. Let me show you. Let me show you. All right. All uh, right. Is this flip around? This is called flip. Yeah. Let's so go. I found this. You know what I'm saying? And I found this flyer, and I was like, Yo, like this is the first event that I did in LA in yeah. 2000. 
tour. Wow. When I came out to LA, it only knew 20 people. <laughs> and I was like, yo, I gotta keep that up there. Yeah. I gotta keep that up there because then I had a mentor send, send me this, send me a postcard. And he was like, yo, make do with what you have and whatever you do, don't quit. Mm. And I keep that up now as a reminder to myself to be like, yo, like, you, you've been through this before. You gotta, you've been through, you've been through this process before. So, like, have some faith. Uh, and make do with what you have, but like you've you've been at this juncture, so I'm I'm gonna learn from you, and I'm gonna try to really write down stuff to, to have some perspective because it's so easy to lose it. Yeah, so easy, bro. So I wanna I wanna take you back in time a little bit. Once again, I was IG stalking. You know what I mean? So um, so I wanna go back to see if you remember this date, October sixth, twenty seventeen. Does that does that mean anything to you right now? October sixth, twenty seventeen. Um, Felicia Rashad. Yo. <laughs> Felicia Yo, that Rashad, man. That, that was such a that, that was such a moment. So yeah. tell me, I, I read about it. I, I read the caption. I read the post. You know what I mean. Tell me about how that helped you and solidify your thoughts about how you wanted to create your business, bro. I think it was one of those moments that, you know, sometimes it was, it was one of those moments that let me know that I was going in the right direction, that I had the right insights. Word. And I think that you have to, in order, I think that for me, I think that, you know, this can be a, being a marketer, like it starts with your insights. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you think your insights are original, and sometimes you think you're kind of on the pulse or something, but then you have people who have real perspective. You have people who are literally in the museum, like the museum in D.C. Mm. that just went up with black people, and then her face is there, and we're having a conversation about mm. that. And so that person has a little bit more perspective. And when they're able to historically say, like, this is what's taking place in the past around things like this, and this kind of what you are building and why it is important, it lets you know that you got to keep going. Mm-hmm. And again, you don't ever know where you're going to get that type of message from. Uh, uh, I was fortunate to get it from her. And this is after watching her do, you know, perform and you're sitting there watching a masterclass act. Mm-hmm. So you're watching somebody who's world-class and who then you've watched as a little kid and was always like, oh my God, like, Claire Hustable, yeah. And when you have somebody like that believe, uh, it lets you know that, all right, you got to keep going. So then what you got to do the next morning is remember that voice and don't remember that crazy voice in your head that pops up and say, why are you doing this in the first place or Mm -hmm. telling you something else? But it was a very, it was a very, very uh, important moment. So Maude, who's one of my favorite people on earth, uh, thank you uh, for making that moment happen. Word, word. And in the in the caption you have put, um, you know, so as the convo progressed, we ended up talking about the need to showcase all the excellence in, in the culture, not just sports and entertainment. So kind of like what you said earlier, you know what I mean? Like that's what 7X is all about, showcasing excellence, every, like everyday stuff that everybody, like a lot of people are doing, but it's just not getting highlighted. So that's, that's dope that y'all talked about that last year at this time, and now everything has come to fruition, you know what I mean? Word. <laughs> yeah, we, we so, gotta do that from time to time, man. No doubt, man. It's my pleasure, bro. So what what have you learned about yourself, man? Like launching the company and just obviously you you're doing even though you have a what what people would call a job, it's a position, like it's a partnership and you guys are running a business, but like with you doing the seven X, you know what I mean? Like what have you learned about yourself the most from doing your own thing as an entrepreneur? I think I'm, yeah, like I've really learned that. I, 
did. I don't know. It's interesting. That's the only thing that comes truly to mind. I think to build something out of thin air, or even to unafraid to take the role of the world less traveled. That's the answer. Mm. And matter of fact, I think it's if anything, it's probably my preference. I think if anything is kind of probably my preference. Um, yeah. thing that I, that I think of is just like like you're saying like people will try to compare what you do to someone else that they know or somebody that may be doing the same thing uh, and I was actually just telling my one of my buddies yesterday he was I was like bro like it don't matter who you are or what you're doing as long as you continue to do it and get better things will work out you know what I mean because I'm not the only podcaster out there. You're not the only marketer out there. Like there's a lot of people doing the same things, but the things that's going to separate you and I from the rest of the people is that we become our best selves and we just don't quit. You know what I mean? Like we got to continue to refine what we do and just get better. Like I think of, uh, um, what's the dude that does everyday struggle? Um, what's his name? Academics, DJ academics. No, no, no. Academics. So, and with all all due respect to him, is academics the most talented YouTuber per se? Is he the most informed speaker on the culture? No, he's not. And I think we all can recognize that. But the excellence about him is that he's consistent. You know what I mean? And he's been doing it for years. And he puts out so much content and his content is so clean it don't matter if you don't like his style. You can't deny his business. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you can't deny what he's been doing for years. And so that's that's how I feel about this whole entrepreneurial thing, man. Like people want to tell you you can't do it just because somebody else is doing it. But yo, if I keep doing it and I get good at it, I'm going to have my time to shine. You know what I mean?
I think one, because you're not getting enough of them in the first place. Mm-hmm. You need more people telling the same story just from a marketing perspective so there are better impressions. Because what you're not getting are a lot of these stories in the first place. So, in my opinion, I'm like, hey, if there are people out here who are doing a great job of, of telling stories and having podcasts and t- talking about the journey and talking about entrepreneurship, then we need more people to see. Because I guarantee you, there are some people who will not see this who should see it. They mm-hmm. will not know about this. So, until more people are doing it, we're not going to get there. Now, some business, somebody's going to be able to wrap it all up and put it under their umbrella. And in this situation, it's funny you bring academics, Mark Echo was able to do it. And Mark Echo is a very good business person. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark Echo observes culture. He does that, whatever. Again, but academics of the culture, he observes the culture. There is a difference. Mm-hmm. So there are the owners, you know, in this situation. And I think that you are an owner. I am an owner. There are people who are owners, and there needs to be more people who are of the culture owning the culture and distributing the culture. So I say more people get on because it's so easy to opt in because there are so many stories that need to be told. So even if you were going to impact a single person, it's better doing that and pursuing it than not. Now you got to figure out like, what does that look like from a business perspective? You got to look like in the sense of, you know, is this what you do full time? Is this something that you do on the side or whatever it is? But in the space that we're in, we're out here just trying to showcase greatness. So I encourage everyone about that to opt in to it and if you are able to figure out how to make money off of it please do it and then share that formula with people so more people can do it because if you are afraid that you're going to lose you will not because the more you are looking to grow the pie it will be better for you that's real straight up that's real man so kind of piggybacking off that like what advice would you give maybe they're not in this in the same space as us but like what advice would you give to those who have the itch to start their own business but don't know how or just don't know when to take that leap to start it? So, I don't know if there's ever a perfect leap time. Mm-hmm. So, I think in order to figure out the leap, you kind of have to start working. So, you'll work and figure out what you do know. And then the things you don't know, you're going to have to go and talk to people and be vulnerable and try to figure out what you don't know can you get help sometimes that will be through favors sometimes that's going to be through paying people sometimes it's going to be through you picking up the knowledge and then getting your skill set better and then doing that thing and now you are doing more of it but entrepreneurship is an action it's not a thought it's not a whiteboard (laughs) it is actually going and working on a project and putting it out to the world and getting a response Mm. that is if it is something that's in your head, that is great. That is an idea. Entrepreneurship is, in my opinion, the action, taking that idea and turning it into action and then getting a response from your consumer. Like that is what it is. And then you learn each time and you keep putting it out more and more and more until you decide either you want to do it or you don't want to do it. So it really is the action of doing it and just acknowledging that you don't know everything and you're going to need to get help. And asking for it, learning for it, figuring out who to partner with, and getting over that little voice every day that'll tell you why you shouldn't be doing it, and keep pushing on it day by day. Word. That's a good word, bro. So, what? Who do you? Who do you look at? You know, as far as like, who are your inspirations? Are there people that you know that you listen to podcasts that you listen to, or just like certain people that you follow that kind of get you amped up? You know what I mean when you're feeling down. Mm. There's Maud, and who's an amazing tap dancer and a 
I'm seeing what she's doing. So I'm looking to people who I think are actually doing the stuff. And then, of course, there's, I think I can be able to observe the market and see like what a Jay-Z does and how he's able to build Rock Nation right now and the different things that he's sprouting into and I gain inspiration from that. Um, you know, I've, you know, for years I used to gain, funny enough, gain inspiration from Mark Echo. Mm. I saw, I watched him build Complex and I watched it initially where it was, uh, yeah, he was doing clothes and then he had the magazine and then it was Complex Media Network during the blog era mm. and he got everybody under the umbrella. Now it's just Complex and they're just, they're running it. Um, so I watched that. So I observe uh, those playbooks and for me, like I tend to look into culture. So I think I learn a lot from looking at business people who are in culture mm-hmm. uh, when I'm looking at like those bigger names. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times I try to I gain inspiration from a lot of people in the circle. And then I gain inspiration from seeing things. So Instagram's amazing just because you're able to kind of piece the market together. So I'm able to see what people are doing in New York. I'm able to see what people are doing in Atlanta. I'm able to see what people are doing in London and see subcultures and gain little inspirations from that as well. And that kind of helps me like formalize like what I'm trying to do and then going after and going get it. That's what's up, yo. And I and my that's crazy because like I've been following her and the uh, was it sync syncopated ladies or whatever. Um, been following them on Instagram like for a while. You know what I mean? Then I seen her on your pro. I was like, oh shoot, he know her. Like she's dope. You know what I mean? How did how did y'all you know how did y'all become friends? So again, I think it's the Seven X community. David okay. Johns. No shade, no shade to LA, but we gonna be New York friends though. <laughs>
kills me when I'm saying Fan Expo. I really do feel like this is where the wave is. It is this crazy convergence of entertainment, technology, culture, lifestyle. Um, there's a reason why Jay-Z lives in L.A. now. There's a reason why Drake could live anywhere in the world he lives in L.A. now. There, there's something special that is taking place here. And um, I don't know. I just it, 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 The energy, there are people who are starting things. And there are and, and there are companies coming down, and they are trying to figure out this content thing, and they're trying to figure out technology. And while doing all that, going to Runyon Canyon and going to the sand dunes and you know, eating quinoa, and <laughs> eating quinoa, the energy. Um, <laughs> all right, I got I, I, I got to get some of that quinoa energy in me. Yeah. It's funny that you say that, like, when Jay-Z comes to L.A., he give his best show, because me and the wife just went to go to On The Run Tour, and the last stop was in Seattle, so we drove up there for it, and uh, and it was it was a great show, you know what I mean, but she was a little disappointed, because, you know, she's watching all the clips on Instagram, and she was just like, yo, that song right there, which, what Beyonce just did, she went way harder in L.A., like, she was just singing her heart out, but here, she was just kind of chilling, and she was just kind of relaxed, and I'm just like, oh, for real? Okay, like, but it's funny that you say that, like, the the, <laughs> the entertainers do go harder in L.A., like, there's no doubt about that, you know what I mean? L.A., LA New York, you gotta put on your best shows. Now, with that said, though, that's what sucks about Instagram. What sucks about <laughs> Instagram is that it is very difficult. No, seriously, like, I I went to the I was in Madison Square Garden and went to Drake Migos. I was able to take my daughter and take Sayla and her first time she's 15 first time at MSG right before she starts school and she is just mesmerized she is mesmerized right and I'm sitting here I'm like yo is Shiggy gonna come out tonight like, he hasn't come out yet like, yo is he gonna come out and do the kiki and then he didn't come out but the show's amazing I mean we're still on the floor Drake is Fifteen feet away, I could like hit him with a water bottle. <laughs> the next day, Shady comes out, mm. and I'm like, "Yo, what's that's whack?" And I'm like, and then I'm having a moment where I'm realizing that we have to be in our moments. Yeah. And Instagram is amazing, but it is the it, it causes FOMO. Like, mm, no that's real. And, and and it is very difficult to sometimes just be in the moment mm. and enjoy what's in front of you mm-hmm. because we have. Comparison is comparison is the thief of joy and Instagram almost like in your brain makes you compare what you're doing to what you're watching and it steals your joy a lot. (laughs) So it's like you you love Instagram because it's like it's cool, but then it does steal your joy at the same time. So it's like gift and a curse. You know what I mean? Dissonance between the 
see and then what you're doing and then not feel anything in between. Yeah, it's tough. You gotta have that self talk. <laughs> you gotta have that self talk and try to be content as much as possible when another part of you is like really mad that you're missing out. You know what I mean? But uh, that's the that's the world that we live in, man. So we gotta get used to it. But man, I'm word, man. But I'm I'm gonna go ahead and wrap this up, man, with the Fat Five, bro. Uh, five questions that I ask everybody. All right. So uh, first question: um, What artists or album made you fall in love with hip hop? Cool Modi, Knowledge is King. Wow, you took it back. You, you, you wasn't expecting that. <laughs> no, I was not. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. Not at all. Yo, that's that that's was, the first that Cool Modi answer. <laughs> so, third base, so, third base Pop Goes the Weasel was the first single I bought, and at the same day, I bought. Cool Modi, Knowledge is King. I bought the tape mm. at Tower Records with my dad. Tower After Records. Song, I go, it's crazy. <laughs> the song was I Go to Work. Mm. The song was I Go to Work. That was the song that I heard and I was like, yo, this, this is crazy. And then, you know, that was, that was, yeah, that's kind of what did it for me. There's some other songs at different points in life mm -hmm. that have a huge impact, but that was, that's when the obsession became and and it never went nowhere. That's what's up. All right. Question number two. Is there a movie that has affected your outlook on life? 300. Mm. Mad inspirational. Leonidas went. Leonidas went with 299 people. Mm. Against the Persian army in the narrow strait. Mm. And it was like, yo, we gonna... It don't matter because of our strategy. No matter how many they bring at me, we gonna do this. And it only because my man went around and he was mad he couldn't lift his shield from shoulder to thigh mm. that they end up doing it. But like, yo, my man still died in honor. Mm -hmm. Three hundred. <laughs> Word. Word. I don't, I don't have tats, but if I did, if I did three, the three hundred logo and the Spartan logo would a hundred percent be two, two tats I'd have on my body, straight up. <laughs> Any any reason in particular that you don't have tats? Um, so I got I have an addictive personality. Okay. So like I know that if I got one or two, then I have just full sleeve. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You had a you have a tat on the neck, tat on your forehead, all that stuff, huh? It's funny because I'll be, I'll be thinking about that. Like, yo, what happened to all the Chinese love tats? Like, love in Chinese or faith in Chinese. You know what I mean? I'm like, I don't, I don't see them no more. But, like, everybody had them in the 90s, though. All of the and one, all of the and one dude <laughs> crossing over tats. Like, all of, like, all of the bad, like, I would have got, got a basketball tattoo. And it's just like, I love ball. Did I need a hoop on me? Word. I don't know. Word. That's funny. The N1 tats. Yeah, I don't see those, but them them were popping at, at one point in time. All right. Um, question <laughs> question number three. When you start to feel overwhelmed, how do you de-stress? Uh, so, I work out. I work out for sure. Um, it keeps me sane. Mm -hmm. So, fitness and physical fitness and having that regimen is real. I started doing yoga. Mm. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. Um. And then the other time 
is sometimes I will have the conversation with my circle and it kind of helps me recalibrate and then try my best to just do an action. And I think the, the biggest thing that I've walked away with now is just doing action. So when having those moments is kind of breaking them down into smaller pieces and doing an action that's leading you closer to what you has you kind of overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. And I think by the, that action process, it kind of helps me get through that, those feelings and lets me feel like I'm actually progressing. Word. Just those, those small victories, huh? Small victories, man. Feel it. All right. Uh, question number four. What book would you recommend for everyone to read right now? I've heard that so many times, bro. Like, I definitely, I feel bad that I haven't read it because, like, a lot of folks say that, man. So I need, to, I need to get on that, bro. I know I'm missing out. As, as a story, as a, as just as a person who's capturing and telling stories, yeah, his story to the point of like to what you do and what you are kind of bringing out to the world and showing that full range. You want to talk about a person who is who led some lives, mm. like each life was full. Mm. Man, I got to get on that. All right, bro. Last question. Um, now, you won't be around to enjoy this, but what message would you want communicated at your eulogy? Pursue your greatness. Mm. That's it, man. Mm. Pursue, pursue, pursue your greatness. And I believe it is truly in everybody and I believe that everybody should be pursuing it relentlessly so you need to wake up daily you know I, I, I believe everyone should do the work to figure out what that greatness is for them mm-hmm. you know, wake up daily and pursue that and that is what I would want everybody who came to that party and I'm hoping it's going to be a party you know what I'm saying <laughs> um, and I want everybody who came to that party you know, I mean, when you walk away from this Yo, you better go get after this greatness. Like, I'm not here no more to tell you, to text you about it, to hit you with the one liner. But if you gonna walk, if you gonna come to that, you need to walk out out of that door and like, yo, I need to go get it. Um, so that's what I want everybody. To- mm, simply put, man. So really quick, man, plug uh, the website and anything else that people need to know about you, bro. Your, your socials, all that. see your greatness man do not give up whatever you doing don't quit do not quit whatsoever because when you quit it's over but if you keep going it's never over you know what i mean so pursue your greatness man um you have a newsletter right you want them to subscribe to the newsletter right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and what's and what's what's gonna be in the newsletter Uh, this upcoming year. So that'll be another place where you can kind of stay.
I appreciate you for throwing me that oop, man. Follow your boy on Twitter at SXSNDLS, on Instagram at SXSNDLS, uh, Facebook Socks and Sandals Podcast. Um, my personal Facebook is just my government, Emmanuel Williams. My personal Instagram, Emmanuel Since 85. So follow your boy. Subscribe on iTunes, subscribe on SoundCloud, Stitcher, whatever you listen to. Follow us, man. I'm putting out episodes every week and I'm showcasing greatness. You know what I'm talking about? And we, we just talking about anything that's going on with the black community. We're, we're going to have a constructive dialogue around that. So you can expect that from Socks and Sandals for sure. So, and hopefully, man, we're going to be able to work yeah, up, work on some on stuff. The, work. I was going to say, be on the lookout because you're about to see Socks and Sandals up on 7 next year. That's the point of this whole thing. So. Yeah, it's, it's going down. So, so is. Kings is linking up, man. Great things to come from us, man. So y'all stay tuned. Um, let's spread the positivity. If you guys have any questions, you want to reach out, man, hit us up on, on the socials and we'll definitely interact with you. So, uh, once again, this is the Socks and Sandals podcast where society, culture, history, and religion collide and we unapologetically discuss our worldviews. Appreciate y'all for listening. Grace and peace. Good news, that good news, I'm evidence. Uh, I gave you the truest me, my truest speech, true and deep from the loosest leaves of my loose leaf. My flaws and all, see? I'm fragile, but by grace I am choosing peace over losing sleep. And I must say, these sandals fit quite nicely over these pre-release. Nike sacks, Birkenstocks, oh, what a faux pas. Unmasked, unabashed, unashamed. Uh, hear the voice set of unacclaimed, yeah. Hear the voice set of unacclaimed. Maybe that's a taboo. Maybe it's a fad, but maybe just in fact, I was used to wearing bad shoes, uh. Nike socks, Birkenstocks, oh, what a faux pas. Unmasked, unabashed, unashamed. Uh, hear the voice set of unacclaimed, yeah. Hear the voice set of unacclaimed. Maybe that's a taboo. Maybe it's a fad, but maybe just in fact, I was used to wearing bad shows. Bad shows.